You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Grandmother's Book Club Podcast. We read them so you don't have to, because we're trying to punish our eyes for what they did to us with the Snyder Cut. <laughs> my name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, the man with the memory of a goldfish and the shiny, mm-hmm. sleek exterior of a tuna. Benedict, <laughs> what did you do wrong? Uh, so Kevin, uh, what I thought I'd done is I went on vacation last week, and uh, I thought we had pre-recorded for this week. No. And in fact, nope. we did not pre-record for this week. We pre-recorded for last week, which I was also away for. Mm-hmm. So what I did was not bring the book or my mic with me. Yes. Which means I sound terrible and also I haven't read the book. Yes. So, and obviously we only read the book and we never make copies of the book. And, and, and obviously uh, this means that our patrons do not have their early release episode for this week. Yeah, so that's my fault too. I mean, um, everyone else is going to be getting it on time because we're recording sure. here on Tuesday night and I don't sleep anyways. Yeah, but... it's very, very late Tuesday. Um, I Anyway, I am sorry. And there you go. Heartfelt apologies. Is that, is that all I fault. get? That did not sound very heartfelt to me. Kevin... That's true. It's not that heartfelt. <laughs> uh, okay, l- let me try again. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Yep. My the regret washes over me like the Pacific Ocean gently lapping the shores of San Francisco Bay, tinged with sadness and just a little bit of grey cloud that reflects my mood of having let you and our patrons down. I cannot apologize enough for the harm that I've caused, and I only hope that people can find it in their hearts to forgive me in time. How's that? (laughs) See, I would have thought you would go for the, I apologize if anyone had their feelings hurt by this. Yeah, the The apology, not apology strategy. What what I'm going to tell you is that firebrands don't apologize. (laughs) Firebrands don't apologize for being firebrands. We're going to be talking about some firebrands today, buddy. Uh, So, like Benedict said, he's a fuck-up. And because of him, he did not read the chapter this week. So, rather than doing the chapter... Right, we're still going to have an episode. That's why we're here. Uh, But, you know, sometimes... He's done this before. You have forgotten your book on multiple occasions. And when that happens, usually I can, you know, scan some pages and email them to you. Well, you you. never do that. Well, I've done that. I've done that about five or six times uh, as, since we've been podcasting. Yeah, sure. but uh, because we didn't realize this problem until late yesterday afternoon, yep. uh, and didn't have time to correct, we decided this week we're going to do something different. We're going to do another interstitial episode, and in part it's because of the big problem with Benedict, but also I think this is going to be this is going to be nice for us. This is going to be something because okay. I've mentioned on several of our, our past episodes how disappointed I am in the Glenn Beck book, because I expected 
real crazy, right? We've been we've been through so much great crazy in the past. Dinesh D'Souza, some parts of Donald Trump Jr.'s book, right? There's been some wonderful crazy we've been through, and we're just not getting it from Glenn. Like, I expected out of Glenn Beck, we would get him saying, oh, you know, when Daniel Day-Lewis said, I drink your milkshake, that was, he was right. He was right. But really, we're just getting, oh, you know, the Z stands for socialist. Uh, <laughs> so it's a bit of a letdown. Yeah. And I hope the book gets better. We're going to go back to it, obviously, next week. But I felt like we've been chasing that black tar for so long. We've been, we've been clean. We've been dry. We need another hit. Uh, so why not jump <laughs> right into some real crazy? So this week, we're going to be going over the America First Caucus policy platform, uh, which was leaked the other day through Punchbowl News. Uh, which right. I was unaware even existed until like yeah, five or six new, weeks ago. It's a new like Politico. I think it hasn't existed much longer than that. I think yeah, it like just popped Politico. up out of nowhere and started breaking a couple of big stories. I don't know. Well, I think it, it's like some connected Politico alumni. Yeah, um, that's what I figured. It was it was somebody who had some good connections out there. But this thing leaked. Uh, we're going to be going over it. Before we get to that, Benedict, you have a hot take for us this week. I do, and I had a pre-prepared one, but also uh, it is good that the justice system works. That's one of my hot takes, yeah. um, uh, at least to a point. Um, but my actual hot take is that uh, lobster is overrated. And I crab can agree is, with crab you is on the that. superior seafood. I can agree with you on the overratedness oh, wow. of lobster. Absolutely. I've had... People only like lobster because they eat it covered in like parsley butter. <laughs> yes, and what you they like, like butter. Is the parsley you don't butter. like lobster, you like butter. That's exactly. the reality of it. Exactly. I, I say this having just eaten a crab cake, so that's why it's in my, in my head. So crab is the superior shellfish. Uh, yes. Also, wonderful. you know, Greek food, also a great thing. Mediterranean also, food. Yeah. Lovely. Now, Octopus, you, great. You came, you, were, you went on your vacation, and on the way you drove down through D.C. to get out to the, uh, the National Park area you were going yep. to. So we, we hung out for a little bit over the it was weekend. Nice. It's the first time in ages. I know. It's been, it's been almost a year, I think, since we've Maskless, actually. Maskless, like the fire brands we are. <laughs> Well, we went to uh, Jose Andres' restaurant here it's in D.C. Nice. where they were Z very Zetina. responsible. Yeah, very responsible with all the social distancing and big uh, air scrubber thingy right next to our table and all sorts yep. of stuff going on. Uh, and I, it was the first time I've been to a restaurant since the coronavirus started. So it was uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I, I thought it was was good. So if you're able to do that safely and responsibly, do it. If not... You know, still stay home. We got a little while longer till everybody gets yep. vaccinated. But, Benedict, but it was lovely to see you, Kevin. It was wonderful to see you as well. My hot take this week. Okay. Uh, some names should be stripped of their capitalization rights. I think there are certain things out there. I don't know. Trump, uh, maybe Donald, uh, Chauvin. Yeah, they just lose uh, their right to capitalization. Adolf. Yeah, Hitler, right? Things that I, I never capitalize when I tweet. Uh, yeah, just, just lose their capitalization rights. I think that should be something we can enact in law and should all be able to get around. So just no more uppercase T at the beginning of Trump, any of that kind of stuff. And then we can add to this list, right? We can add whoever you really feel. Uh, Malkin, Michelle Malkin, she loses it. She's a fucking racist. Uh, so, anybody out there who, who's a piece of shit, you just lose your capitalization rights. But what about if there's like a good person like Michelle? Like that's, that's there's probably some good Michelle. Michelle Obama, uh, for example. Sacrifice for the greater good is what I would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> I feel Anyways. like any, any name that is also a verb or a noun should lose its capitalization privileges. Yes, yes. Like cood. 
Yeah. Or just like Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bob loses capital. Okay, we'll go with it. It's, a, it's not even really a name, right? Can you call it a proper name when it's a shortening of Robert? I mean... I don't think so. Kev, come on. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I do not go by Kev. <laughs> my whole imagine? life, my mother tried to make Kev happen. Oh, and I was man. just like, Mom, you fucking named me Kevin. Just don't do that. I'm Kevin. I mean, nobody names the child Kev, surely. <laughs> There's little Kev. You gotta, uh, you gotta give him, yeah. give him, give him the option at least. Yeah, like. yeah, no, not for me, Kevin. Kevin, all the way. Anyways, Benedict, uh, housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on all the social medias. Become a patron, Patreon.com. Sorry again to the patrons for Benedict's massive fuck up. Um, look, I already apologized for thirty seconds. If I look, I when I texted you earlier, I said it would have to be a ten-minute mea culpa. That's true. Uh, and so... and I, I think you'll find I said <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll have to review that text chain. I will get back you to you. You said you would admonish me for 10, for 10 uh, minutes. And I feel like that has happened. So. Well, anyways, we're going to try and do our best to make up for it. Because this week, as I mentioned, we are going to the America First Caucus policy platform did you just slap it against something like you have it in your hand personally like, like i would do with das kapital when i find something yeah. i disagree in it with um i don't know if you even remember that callback <laughs> no go back to our earlier episodes i um, i do most of this i don't remember most of the stuff yes, i say I on this podcast I know. so benedict this document is so full of buzzwords. It sounds like Love a it. beehive when I printed oh, it out. Nice. Like uh, that. this thing and, and you were you were, I think, a little hesitant to do this when I mentioned it as a possibility for this week's episode. Yep. But I think this is abs this is that this is that we found the dragon. We found the dragon. Okay. Shoot we're gonna shoot it right up. So Benedict, sure. what do you know from the reporting over the recent days about this America First Caucus? Um racism. And so it's a joke aside. What I know is I saw a, li a lot of the word Anglo-Saxon. Yes. Lots of the word Beowulf as people <laughs> made fun of it. Wait, Beowulf? Not in it, but people were okay. like, well, Beowulf is our founding document. So, <laughs> um, I was going to say, I never saw, I never saw that. That didn't come across no, my radar. No, no, no. And then I saw um, basically even the hard line, a lot of the hard line right wing, like Tea Party types rejected it outright. Yes. You're like, woof, this is too much, buddy. Yeah. It's like, you are not supposed to say this out loud. <laughs> yeah. So what it is, for those who have been living under a rock for the last couple of days. Or is, don't have Twitter. Yes. Uh, is that this document was leaked and it was produced in preparation for the formation of a new caucus by Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, and Louis Gohmert are the ones that we know about that were involved with it. And presumably that Boba lady, isn't it, too? Yeah, presumably. But I don't think I saw her name brought up anywhere that I was looking at. Um, but despite the similarities between her and Marjo, I'm not sure they're actually like close friends who hang out or anything. I think they're both like, no, I'm supposed to corner the crazy market. You're stealing <laughs> my jam. Um, and so pretty immediately after this leaked, they started back, uh, Gomert, obviously not. Gomert's almost an out-and-out -out open white supremacist, right? He went and spoke at that uh, Nick Fuentes event. Nick Fuentes is a, a fucking 22-year-old white supremacist internet troll um, who has, has said openly that things like he's against interracial marriage and stuff like that. He's a white supremacist. Fuck him. Uh, and I've, I've said Miscegenation. 
Right. I think the term he normally uses. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, always throwing out uh, fucking anti-Semitic shit. He's he's a piece of shit. Um, but uh, Marjo, Marjo pretty quickly tried to turn around and pretend as though this was not a real thing. Her statement after this came out was pretty much media, media lies. I mean, it... Uh, my staff, fake my, news. my staff verified it yesterday, but, but it's all lies. It's all lies. They did it on their own. I had nothing to do with it. Good so stuff. pretending as though she had nothing to do with the creation of this document. And I got to say, um, it's it has its handful of spelling errors. And one thing that does uh, just destroy it for me is it's a it's a double space after the period document. Oh, no. Disgusting. It's Written by those. boomers. Yeah. Yeah. Real problems. Real problems with that. And it's very, very it's, it's you'll get you'll hear it when we get to it it is full of dog whistles my friend globalist no, globalists no, no. all over the place so all right, a lot of the, what was talked about was that anglo-saxon comment but i thought there was enough there was plenty more in here okay uh that needs to get a little bit more <laughs> light shown on it uh so that people sure. know what sort of nonsense is this so benedict we're gonna do this like uh, we have in the past where i'm gonna read this to you we're gonna get your reaction we're going to find right. out. We're going to find out how this hits you right, right. off the bat. So uh, I do also want to say the America First Caucus, their little uh, logo. Uh, it's just uh, a picture of I think it's it's got to be Washington, I think, with a little sure. circle of stars and stuff. Washington, the place or Washington? No, no, no. no. Washington, the person. I think it's Washington, okay. the person. Hard to tell. But and then it begins. America First Caucus policy platform. The America First Caucus, parentheses, AFC, exists to promote congressional policies that Isn't are... Isn't the AFC an American Football League? <laughs> yes, like? it is. Yes, it is. Cool. <laughs> it's the American Football Conference. Um, yeah. Exists to promote congressional policies that are to the long-term benefit of the American nation. That's a... Okay. American that nation, mean? that's a dumb phrasing right there. Yeah. That's just someone trying to sound grandiose when they have no yeah. capacity for that within themselves. Yeah, that's, that's some declaration of independence. Yeah. The North Star of any policy Ugh, proposal will be off. that which serves the American people and what any consequence <laughs> and any consequential analysis of poly policy platforms must be based on this first principle. Actually, that, our policy platform is going to be specifically designed to hurt the American people. <laughs> like, right. What the fuck are you talking that's about? That's where I jumped in in my own head and went, that's that's not a principle. That's not yeah. a principle. You don't know that's what principles That's everybody's are. principle. <laughs> Oh, that which serves the American... What the fuck do you yeah, think of in, principles? in whose eyes? That's like, just a slogan. That's just a fucking slogan. Also, I'm sorry, but nothing serves the entirety of the American people. Right, right. There are always... There is no us. single policy that serves the entirety but of the But they're American very people. simplistic in their thinking, obviously, yeah, right? Know. We, we know that about these people. It makes me mad, though. It continues. As this implies a degree of ideological flexibility, a certain intellectual boldness is needed amongst members of the AFC to follow in President Trump's footsteps and potentially step on some toes and sacrifice sacred cows for the good of the American nation. Is that one sentence? <laughs> that is one sentence. Are you kidding? That's, what, that's a college sophomore trying to figure out their yeah. second paragraph. Like, oh, fuck, I, I nailed like that Jonathan opening sentence. It's like Jonathan Swift's satire. It's a melancholy <laughs> object to those who have been forced to serve our nation by being elected accidentally. But they have... <laughs> Ridiculous. It's so good. It's so good. 
policy areas as far-ranging as foreign intervention, economic development, immigration, trade, tech regulation, and social policy need to be re-examined from the ground up. Normal to fucking policies, then, like yeah. literally like bread uh -huh. and butter policies. Okay, to ensure cool. that what remains keeps the interests of Americans at heart. Sure. It is the firm belief of this caucus that American policymaking needs to get back to first principles. What Restore does that mean? It's it's just a dog. It's not a dog whistle, but it's just a callback to like what the founders want. You know, Republicans. We're all about the founders. We're about people who thought slavery was okay and didn't know how science worked. So that's what we're for. <laughs> didn't understand germ theory. Right. <laughs> thought you could bleed people with leeches. Uh, um, restore a long-term horizon amongst our nation's leaders and instill a greatly internalized sense of service to the American people on part of our elected leaders. As Kevin, long, this, is, this is nonsense so far. It's I mean, this is nonsense. It's, it's not nonsense. It's just meaningless. This like, none of thing. this means anything. I know none of the people who wrote this are strong readers. If we were listening to them read this out loud, it would it would be the kid in class who, whenever they got called by the teacher, you're like, oh, fuck, it's, it's going to fucking take Take 20 minutes to do this paragraph. They fucking yep. can't read. Just fucking pick somebody else. Please pick somebody else. And I feel bad lending my my strong voice and good reading ability to this <laughs> good document. Reading skills. Uh, but but I feel like we have to we have to recognize. We have to recognize none of these people are good readers. Uh, it concludes the introductory page with as long as these principles are put and kept in practice, the interests of the American people will be safeguarded. And from there on, the rest of the document is separated out by policy area. Okay. We begin with election fraud. Oh, no, that's not a policy. <laughs> well, it's their policy. <laughs> they want to do it. That's what yeah. they'd like. <laughs> it starts, the AFC is in support of nationwide systemic electoral reform. Also, okay. you'll notice they keep throwing out they throw out this, throw out um, what I think they think are left-wing buzzwords, like mm. systemic, because they sure as shit don't know what systemic means. I mean, systemic racism. Is right, they've just heard thing. that so many times, they've internalized the word systemic and nothing else about that phrase. Sure. <laughs> systemic, but, I mean, that, it's not wrong in that context. Systemic no, it's not. Systemic it's not. reforms. But yeah. there's other words you'll hear as we go through this that I think uh, are more along that line. Sure. Both Democrats and Republicans have pointed out for years the systemic failures, using it Again? twice. Yep, they used it twice in a row. In our election tabulation, a republic that relies on elections must ensure its elections are fair and transparent. There mm -hmm. is a growing consensus that both objectives have failed. No, we, there isn't. No, there isn't. Also, Recent, what are the two objectives? The fair know. and transparent? That's a, I, it's a callback to a phrase that didn't exist. I think so. I think that's it, yeah. Uh, recent election results demonstrate a compromised integrity of our elections. Sorry, have are... the balls to say it. Say you think the election was a yes. fake. Put well, it on they, paper. Get, they sort of say it, right? Because they don't say out and out, Trump won the election. It was all bullshit fraud. Right. But they, they sort of get there. You'll hear as we continue. Well, but no, but I mean, some elections have been fraudulent and it's mostly it's when Republican Republicans ones, yeah. have been <laughs> gathering. Yeah. And made our election system a subject of global mockery. Across, no. the, across the country, federal elections have been undermined by using voting machines that are readily compromised. This is, they're talking about Dominion. You know okay, they, Dominion about should Dominion. sue them for this shit. And again. illegally accessed, whereby results appear manipulated, voters are disenfranchised, and faith in our system eroded. 
And the end, the end of that section, it was only three paragraphs. The end of the election fraud section is mail-in voting, long recognized as subject to fraud, has become normalized. We will work towards an end to mail-in voting, implementation of national voter ID, and substantive investigations into mass voter fraud perpetuated during the 2020 election. Right. Okay, first of all, who do you think does mostly mail-in voting? Like, before 2020... Old people. Fucking old, old people. people's who does it. <laughs> so if you want to take My away mail-in voting, that's who fine. Does it. Yeah. My Whatever. Republican parents. <laughs> idiotic. It's utterly idiotic. But we should, I mean, everyone should be allowed to mail-in vote. Also, it's Absolutely. really difficult. Like, fucking, clearly nobody's ever tried to... <sighs> anyway, give green card holders the vote. That's my fucking yep, policy response. Next up. Give, every, give everyone the fucking vote. If people live here and pay taxes, they should be allowed to vote. Absolutely. Next section, Benedict. Remember, these are policy areas. Next one. Okay. Sovereignty. What? <laughs> I love this because From sovereignty... Who? Sovereignty is a buzzword, a heavily used buzzword among the right, which we do not, we have not, in the books we've read, gotten a whole lot of. We've yeah. heard it here and there, but we haven't gotten a whole lot of that because sovereignty is like, that's a, that's a, that should be a Glenn Beck word. He should love that with his whole libertarian bullshit thing. It's definitely an Alex Jones word, right? It's so, a Brexit, it's a Brexit word. Well, I, I mean, think it was a Brexit word. I think the Brexiteers sort of imported that from the U.S. Because remember, there was a no, lot. No, I of... don't think so. I think I mean, it's been a it's been an anti-EU word for a while because it's like, oh, the EU bureaucrats make decisions for you, and you know we don't have any sovereignty over our own decisions. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've heard it a lot Brexit before. A I heard it a lot before Brexit even began, uh, and it's just generally like we don't like immigrants coming in. So sovereignty, we ain't yeah. got no borders, so no sovereignty. It's the same thing. They're just doing yeah. the same thing they did over there with Brexit. And it's it's boring. I'll read the first paragraph, but it's it's very boring. America was founded on the basis of individual and state sovereignty to ensure that no free American would be lorded over by a monarch ever again. Unfortunately, bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. and the elites who control them have risen to Ooh. form a new Hold oligarchy. Hold on. Hold on. Elite. The, that is some protocols of the elders of yep. Zion. Shit. Yep. That yes, is, it is, uh, yes, that it is, buddy. Yes, it is, buddy. great. Oof, the elites who control them, no thank you. But they formed Step a new oligarchy, M-Dash, one that is far more decadent, corrosive, and hostile to the will of the people than the founders could have ever dreamed of. <laughs> than they could have dreamed of? I mean, the founders were living some pretty... Under a pretty... king! Under a fucking yeah. king! <laughs> He's just like, Fauci and all of his decadence. <laughs> Yeah, who's controlled by some elites. So there's only one more paragraph there, but it's boring. Next, next section, Big Tech. How many of these are there, by the way? Uh, there's, there, I want to say there's like seven or eight. Okay. I didn't count them up, but we'll see as we go. Uh, okay. Big Tech is the next one, and it's Ugh. it's exactly what you'd expect. It's they're they're kicking the right, they're kicking the conservatives off, but they're letting pedophiles all over Twitter. So two thirty, yeah. section two thirty. Uh, untrue so, okay section 230 just quickly section 230 is the only thing just, at the moment that makes the inter internet yeah, interesting it, it, it does is literally not like do every, what they think it does every website would be a landing page and nothing else yes it, there'd be no comment sections nothing. there'd be no social media there'd be nothing, nothing without section 230 exactly and section 230 <laughs> is not perfect but like you know it's right. not reforming it isn't what they think it is or what they claim it is right right next section immigration 
Oh, good. Here's that, that's here's good. where we get what a lot of people were talking about when mm-hmm. they were uh, uh, reviewing this this document. So it begins, The America First Caucus recognizes that our country is more than a mass of consumers or a series of abstract ideas. Mm-hmm. America is a nation with a border mm-hmm. and a culture. Strengthened, Two borders, actually. <laughs> strengthened by a... Co- well, four if you count ocean borders, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the Alaska border. So that's, that's yeah, kind of you got, you got a whole, so. whole other one up there. And then Hawaii, right? Yeah. You got another border? Puerto Rico, yeah. another one down there. You got a bunch mm-hmm. of borders. They don't even Guam. Yeah, a bunch of borders all over the place. Uh, history has shown, oh, yeah, I, I skipped it. Uh, a culture strengthened by a common respect for uniquely Anglo-Saxon political traditions. That is not true. No, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. History has shown that societal trust and political unity are threatened when foreign citizens are imported en masse into a country particularly without institutional support for assimilation and an expansive welfare state to bail them out should they fail to contribute positively to the country. Cool. Well, certain economic and financial groups... <laughs> That's not great. I mean, it just, like, doesn't reckon with any actual... Like, so what, like, are we against Italian-Americans now? And there's distinctly... Oh, no, Benedict. Oh, no, Benedict, because of this paragraph that nobody fucking talked about when this came out. And I'm really upset about this because this is an even bigger uh, tip of the hand to the white supremacy of this document. This paragraph, uh, skipping down about one or two, says, Moreover... We cannot ignore the impact that mass immigration has on reducing job opportunities and depreciating wages for Americans. Further restricting immigration would ensure that American jobs go to American workers. The econometric evidence and consensus amongst labor economists is that in addition to being a substantial net drain on the public purse, post-1965 immigrants... (laughs) decrease the capital to labor ratio within the national economy, thereby causing a massive shift in the gains of the economy from wage earners to the shareholders and owners of large firms. Okay, first. That all is, that, okay, hold on. That is that not what did econom- that. <laughs> econometric evidence and consensus, that's complete horseshit. Nobody agrees with that stupid fucking position. I mean, some but, people do, which is fine. That's not what caused the, you know, productivity went up by by however much it went up and wages simply did not match that it has nothing to do with more money going to shareholders than to workers at first well more more money more money going to shareholders has nothing to do with immigration i'm going to read you the next paragraph and then we're going to talk about why this is such a tip of the hand to the white supremacy an important distinction between post-1965 immigrants and previous waves of settlers is that previous cohorts, cohorts were more educated, earned higher wages, and did not have an expansive welfare state to fall back on when they could not make it in America, and thus did not stay in the country at the expense of the native-born. Another important point of note is the many pauses in immigration that have taken place in this country following a large intake of immigrants. These pauses have been absolutely essential in assimilating the new arrivals and weeding out those who could not or refused to abandon their old loyalties and plunge headfirst into mainstream American society. Sorry, when I walk through fucking New York City and there's like Irish flags and Italian (laughs) flags everywhere, like tell me about the assimilation, whatever. Okay, but here's Um, the thing. Can you read that first bit again? An important distinction between post-1965 immigrants and previous waves of settlers is that previous cohorts were more educated, fundamentally higher untrue. wages, and did not have an expansive welfare state. Okay, first two, first two points. Well, first point is extremely untrue, that nobody was educated when they came to America, yes, really. Yes, yes. 
um, pre-1965. I, I would I would wager the fact that there are... You think the uh, Irish who fled here during the potato famine <laughs> yeah. had, had a bunch I, of college degrees? I, I would degrees? say that there is, there is probably a much higher level of education immigrating to America now than there ever has been. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Benedict, I want secondly, to focus you. No, I want no, to focus no, you. No, 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 okay. no, wait. Secondly, wages probably were higher because workers didn't used to be screwed over as much by giant corporations that can rely on you not to leave because you need the fucking paycheck. And then third of all, I, as an immigrant, my lived experience, I have to sign shit when I get here saying I will not take money from the state and I mm-hmm. will look after myself. And that can impact my ability to stay as an immigrant in the future. So that's just bullshit too. I'm aware, but Benedict, you're missing. You're missing something. The post-1965 Oh yeah, I mean, obviously it's the civil rights thing. Yeah, no, but... no, it's not. In 1965, the U.S. repealed restrictions on African and Asian oh. migrants coming to the United States. That's shitty. Why they chose to write that down? They yeah, chose, and, and it's just cloaked enough. It's just cloaked enough that, and because people didn't look it up, people I didn't, didn't bother. To. I didn't. I didn't know. The articles I read on like Salon and everywhere just barely glanced over. Like, yeah, we, you know, this. They said 1965, but Anglo American, Anglo Saxon. They kept saying I mean, that. The Anglo Saxon thing is just funny, to but, be honest. Gee, I'm just imagining tipping. like someone t- turning up in their German furs. <laughs> <laughs> but Jesus Christ, you got to be fucking kidding me! It's so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, so okay. next, infrastructure, okay. which begins. The America First Caucus will work towards an infrastructure that reflects the architectural, engineering, and aesthetic value that benefits the progeny of European architecture. Okay, so it's all bullshit neoclassicism. Right, right. Extremely boring. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I know Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't know shit about our architecture. I'm Look, sure. I, I mean... I like neoclassical architecture. I'm just, just, I'm a bit of a sucker for it. But also, I recognize the value in other styles. Like, also, I, I mean, this is the the other thing is literally like any time there's a new style, everyone at the time thinks it's ugly. Like stuff, gothic, gothic architecture was one of my favorite mm-hmm. types of architecture. Was named that because people were like, that's the ugly thing that the goths would make. <laughs> So, I mean, pe- people thought it was ugly at the time in comparison to fucking Renaissance styles and classical styles. So, yeah. Sure, Stupid. sure. I-, I really want this bit to just be infrastructure week, just in capitals. No, no, no. It continues. Benedict, Benedict, we get a great drop in here. We get a great drop. Great. When it says, quote, as the Romans demonstrated with aqueducts. <laughs> what did the Romans ever do for us, Kevin? What did the Romans ever do for us? No, I just love every right wing shitbag I have ever met has brought up the fucking Romans. They fucking love the Romans, even yeah. though they would fucking hate the Romans if they were around in Roman times. Yeah, the decadent ass Romans that, yeah. <laughs> It's so uh, uh, if they link this uh, anything to the fall of Rome or and it like you know, oh yeah. oh uh, there's no there's no reference to the fall of Rome but yeah that's I was look after I saw that Roman line I was so looking for a fall of Rome line in there somewhere I was hoping yeah, it would come in. Uh, next section foreign aid boring basically they say no foreign aid for anybody yeah uh, cool. they 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 cool, throw cool, in cool. you know globalists we don't yep. want to be globalists sure. yep. 
they, they uh, particularly say American tax dollars should not go towards teaching gender studies in Pakistan oh or supporting God. ideologically subversive non-governmental organizations. That's just fucking. Subversive. I'm pretty sure they just copied a transcript of fucking Tucker Carlson's show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's exactly where that fucking came from. Next, national security. Where? I thought you were going to say national socialism. No. <laughs> That's the undercurrent, Benedict. Uh Undercurrent. It's not on the surface. Uh, So national security, basically they're saying, uh, get get out everywhere. Get get all of our troops out everywhere. Get us out of Afghanistan. I agree. Don't want to be the world's policeman. And they do say, we don't want to be a globalist watchdog. So they throw that in there. Don't like that. But I generally agree with that policy. But remember that for later. Remember that when we get towards the end. Next, coronavirus. Oh, no. Part of their policy platform. Ever since the outbreak of the novel coronavirus originating from China Mm, and the first known case of coronavirus in the United States on January 21st, 2020, the United States government and health organizations issued guidelines and policies that would hinder and destroy the American economy in many ways. These guidelines, which include mask mandates and social distancing rules, are socially conditioning the culture and behavior of Americans. Additionally, what? <laughs> these guidelines, these guidelines that destroyed our economy include mask mandates. <laughs> How is that destroying any? I mean, that's literally what allowed the economy to reopen. Yes, yes, I'm well aware. I'm not sure they I are. Know Maybe you want to send them an email and, and let them know. You shouldn't. You shouldn't engage with this in any way. Uh, they go on a little bit to complain about lockdowns, right? And uh, we need to. We need to get us all out. Make sure we don't overreact to a pandemic in this way ever again. Boring. Next. Overreact to a pandemic. Overreact. Just to re- a pan- read that sentence. Overreact again. to all the people dying of the deadly virus. We don't want to do that. That's something we should definitely avoid. Next, trade. Uh, in which they um, contradict the uh, free market economy and capitalism in every way by saying no free trade. Awesome. So, you know, apparently they're socialists now. And and (laughs) everyone we know is agreeing with Bernie. That's good. (laughs) I, I always do. Because Republicans, for the most majority of my lifetime, have been pro-free trade everywhere, right? That's mm-hmm. That's been part of the thing, and that's been generally a thing that, that most people have been in favor of. Um, and now that they're turning back on it, they don't have a really good justification that aligns with their ideology, right? No. Restrictions on free trade don't align with free market capitalism. No. They align with that crony capitalism that Glenn Beck talks about, right? That's yeah. what protectionism is. Largely, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they get out of there. There's a bunch of buzzwords in there, but Kevin, it's boring. They they don't have to be able to justify it. No, don't they be don't. silly. They just have to say it. Then this is the thing, right? It's the one of the few things they picked up on a popular uh, policy program and incorporated it, and never bothered to try and justify it. They just know it's popular, so okay, we get yeah. to say this now. Yeah, yeah. Next, environment. Ooh. Conservation of the nation we live in is an important aspect of American nationalism. Whoa. Whoa. So eco-fascism is where we're going. Yes. Cool. We went straight to eco-fascism. Love that. <laughs> and I got it. Like, this is what you get when you hire Tucker Carlson's interns to write your policy platform, right? This is what the fuck you end up with. Jesus Christ. 
Since the 1980s, climate change, formerly known as global warming, has become a hot-button political issue. The America First Caucus supports conservation of the environment and our national lands for the benefit of our nation. Having said that, we should not cripple our country's manufacturing sector through agreements such as the Paris Climate Accords. How is that crippling anyone's manufacturing sector? It doesn't at all. Remember how it's completely voluntary? Yeah. <laughs> it has committing to guidance. Yeah, it has no guidelines. Just, just generally. I mean, it, do, it does have guidelines. It just well, has yeah. general commitments. It has markers, like, right? But it doesn't have yeah. uh, like like hard criteria, right? No. It just has like, hey, let's try and hit these marks, right? Wouldn't it be great if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically all it is. We oppose the globalist, vague, and irrelevant policies being pushed under the guise of combating climate change. If Americans want to conserve the environment, they should push for better waste management and other substantive remedies, not wasteful social justice programs like the Green New Deal. And to be fair, the Green New Deal has an element of social justice incorporated in yeah, it. Yeah, it does. But and, they, so, uh, and socialism, which is right, good. But they don't me. mean it in that way. They don't no. understand what social justice means. They no, just know they it as a it negative buzzword. Social justice warrior buzzword, yeah. Absolutely. Environmentalism also includes proper allocation of resources. Fishermen and hunters have legitimate and culturally deep ties to the land. <laughs> That's a sentence. That's the whole sentence. That's the whole oh, sentence. And the next sentence... Gold mines, copper mines, and oil wells contribute to our modern lifestyle. Okay. <laughs> Love that. Wow. Gold mines. Ben, like, you know how every day I, I walk out of my house, I go to the, maybe I go to the grocery store, you know, maybe run down to the convenience store because I want, I want a soda or something. Um, and then I stop by the local gold mine. Uh, Kevin, just... <laughs> having said, I, I, I know you're joking, but the last, when I was in DC, we literally we had a conversation about diamond mining where now. you were like, I can't wait to go diamond mining when I moved to my new place. Okay, because, okay, now I have to talk about that. I watched uh, uh, an Amazon like documentary short uh, as part of this like documentary series, like two, two bros who just did a documentary series where it was about this diamond mine in Arkansas where you can just go pay $10 and then go try and dig up diamonds. And, like, they find, on average, a diamond a day there. And, like, some of the biggest diamonds ever found in the United States have come from there. Uh, it's not like they don't find a big one every day, but, like, people are finding diamonds there. And when I move to Missouri, I'm going to be, you know, a six, seven-ish hour drive from it. And I'm like, that sounds like a weekend trip. I can go try and <laughs> dig up a fucking diamond. <laughs> It's not a question of will I go at this point. It's a question of how many when. times will Definitely. I go. <laughs> I'm going to become a diamond miner, Benedict. Diamond I'm going to give up this podcast in life and just go searching for diamonds. <laughs> I like that. Anyways, it continues. All of these are to be balanced with preserving opportunities for hiking, camping, and enjoying the visual beauty of our lands. Sure. On sure, and not giving it up to oil well magnates. Yeah, yeah. On federal lands where the impact on local farmers and ranchers would be minimal, rewilding initiatives, including megafauna reintroductions, should also be explored, creating new opportunities for business and tourism. That's the like end to, of I the like environment think, section. I like to think that by megafauna, they mean they're going to try and make dinosaurs. <laughs> or like clone a mammoth or something. <laughs> I, th I think they mean, I think they're imagining trying to bring back like dinosaur forests, right? Megafauna. Yeah. They think, <laughs> they think it's like long extinct trees. They're going to try to clone like Jurassic Park. Well, that Park. would be flora. That would be flora. Fauna is the animals, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, so I'm like, I, that's why I think they're trying to they're going to try and make dinosaurs. Okay, and, so like, it is. It's just straight mammoth. up Jurassic Park, is what yeah. they think. <laughs> you cannot convince me they know what megafauna means. <laughs> Uh, tigers and things would be great. but that's it that's the environment section i read every word of it wow <laughs> that's all it is climate change is bullshit let's plant some trees and stuff let's do that sure. let's, do, let's that. do that and bring back the dinosaurs uh next we're, we're on the final uh final page now okay energy Which while it is vital to uh, I mean, they, they connect, obviously, but you'll hear how they think it's different. While it is vital to preserve our environment, we should not use it as an impetus to destroy the energy industry that <laughs> hires millions of hardworking Americans. Who, do, you, who do they think is going to run the new industry? I mean, like... I don't know. Nobody. They think it's they think it's robots? They probably think it's robots. They heard probably. about Tesla's uh, car that kills people, and they, they thought it's all <laughs> And they were robots. like, more of those. <laughs> okay, if it's killing people, we want it. But, I mean, if it's... It's just driving you places. Fuck that. Uh, our elected officials should stand proudly with America's struggling coal country against job-killing regulations and welcome the... Uh, I thought Trump already saved coal. I thought he saved it. Wasn't that Clean a thing? coal, yeah. Yeah, he already saved coal. And welcome the ongoing shift towards clean coal. In addition... Oh, God. I was joking. <laughs> I know, but it was there. It, we we could write one of these as a Mad Lib. I could it's absolutely write one It's of a these. fucking ma it's a right wing Mad Lib. That's all this fucking is. I could uh, absolutely write one of these. Oh, I'm sure. I'm 100 percent sure. In Maybe I will. <laughs> in addition, the construction of the Keystone XL and Dakota Access who oil cares? pipelines. It's just this big cultural issue. <laughs> like, who cares if a oil pipeline like yeah it got shut down they're like, donors that's who it. cares that, really like I, I mean i care because i think it's a bad thing and it should be shut down but like mm -hmm. now that it's been shut down why is it this huge cultural issue because that's all they have is culture war they don't have yeah. real policies they don't really have real programs they have culture war everything Kevin, has to that. be culture <laughs> war because that's how they inspire their voters to the polls their, poll, yeah. their, their voters are not inspired because the only substantive policy they have had for my entire life, well, there's two, is bomb the shit out of the Iraqis and <laughs> lower taxes. And the it. Afghans. Yeah, and the Afghans. Don't forget, the Afghans. And lower taxes. That's all they fucking had. They've yeah. never had anything else. Anyways, it continues. Uh, about the pipelines. They will promote North American energy independence and... I'll, you know, that pipeline that's bringing oil from Canada? It's American energy it's independence American. right there. <laughs> yeah, North yeah. American. And allow the United States to more easily extricate itself from the conflicts of the Middle East. Sort of no. implicitly acknowledging it's about oil in the Middle East, yeah. right? <laughs> also, America is the world's biggest producer of oil now, so that's mm -hmm. bollocks. Moreover, hydraulic fracking technology, mm. when used appropriately, can provide more affordable oil and gas for Americans, and therefore any attempts to ban this practice on a national level should be resisted. The America First Caucus supports innovation in green energy, such as in the form of nuclear energy. However, cool. it is important to closely scrutinize and reduce taxpayer subsidies for wasteful green energy products that fail to deliver the required return on investment for the American You know people. what gets a ton of government subsidies? Coal. Oil. Oil. Coal oil. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And that's it. That's the energy section. Great. By the way, the two longest uh, sections in this, uh, which I didn't read all of, were the, of course, the immigration section. That one, sure. that one was was very, very long, and uh, the trade section. Those were the two longest. The rest are like two paragraphs. That's it. 
Listen, why why waste words? <laughs> we know what we want to say. They pay $5 a word. They don't want to have too many of them. They run up those charges. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next, protecting the value oh, of American savings. For God's sake. Protecting the value of American savings. Since okay. the 1940s, the American dollar has been the global reserve currency, a position which has greatly benefited the real American economy by strengthening the purchasing power of wages and savings. Unfortunately, the strength of America's monetary position has been under attack for decades by Keynesian economists domestically and by globalist institutions looking to enhance China's position on the global stage. As such, we propose switching to Dogecoin immediately. (laughs) It's going to be another case where you said, I was joking! (laughs) But it continues... We must oppose international currency manipulation and its detrimental long-term effects for the American economy and U.S. dollar. We must protect the rights of Americans to best position themselves for a changing economy by promoting the development of cryptocurrency companies domestically and defend the rights of Americans to hold private stores of wealth, including gold, silver, and other (laughs) blockchain-based currencies like Bitcoin. Dogecoin for life! (laughs) (laughs) By the way, fuck all you cryptocurrency people. Fuck (laughs) cryptocurrency. It's it's literally nothing. Describe a thing you can do cryptocurrency with that I can't do with my debit card. No, yeah. you can't because it's just a security. It's there's, just there's a, a bunch of things you to invest and make money and then sell it while wasting electricity and so much computing power on this bullshit thing that doesn't matter. Jesus Christ. Anyway, again, Next. I was I, I was joking. I know you were. <laughs> That's what makes it so beautiful. Uh, next, we have two sections left, right? Next, America First Education. The 20th century saw the decline in many vital American institutions. None has been more damaging to the United States than our education system. The increased consolidation of educational spending came with it the ability for powerful left-wing special interest groups to redirect the focus away from preparing future generations of national talent to progressive indoctrination and enrichment of an out-of-control elite oligarchy. Even worse... Our education has worked to actively undermine pride in America's great history and is actively hostile to the civic and cultural assimilation necessary for a strong nation. The future of America's position in the world depends on addressing the crisis in education at both the primary and secondary level. I'm surprised they didn't say tertiary. I thought tertiary was the problem they had. They probably don't know that word. They don't. They don't. And Benedict, I want you to take a guess. What is the final policy section in this document. Take a wild um, guess. Hold on. What matters? What really matters in the world today? What are they going to make the, the end piece, right? The, 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 the cap. The signature, the the, signature legislation. Yeah, the, the cap on this policy document. What's it going to be? Ugh. Um, I actually don't know. Well, Benedict, this section is titled The Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> I mean, yeah, problem, but like... But you dedicated a section in your policy paper to it! You could have... You, you had a foreign relations section! <laughs> yeah, could have put it in there. No, it's that important. You're right. Uh, they say, quote, Not since the fall of the Soviet Union has America faced a civilizational challenge... 
That's a that's another buzzword right there. Civilizational challenge. Yeah, that's a rough that's a one. one. From another state actor quite like the modern Chinese Communist Party, CCP, in, in parentheses. <laughs> While the liberalization of the Chinese government in the 90s and early 2000s gave hope that the CCP was moving in the direction of being a peaceful and beneficial actor on the world stage, the Xi era has been one defined by the dangerous resurrection of neo-Maoist thinking. I'm pretty sure they don't understand Chinese politics Neo at all. Maoist. I don't think it, you know, Maoist. most people don't. Xi is pretty fucking far from Mao. You don't get yeah. to call that neo They don't understand fucking the, the, anything about Chinese history, right? The Hu Jintao era where we saw cultural liberalization, increased state control, but opening it to investment. It's like they don't understand these fucking things at all. They no. have no idea what the fuck they're To be fair, about. neither do I. Well, so. You did not study it in undergrad. I didn't. That's true. Well, it continues. Unfortunately, American corporations, following federal policies that have actively incentivized investment outside of the U.S., have chosen to place short-term financial interests at the expense of basic human decency. In doing uh, so... Excuse it's me. Like... <laughs> that is what this whole policy is about. In doing so... In, in doing what? It doesn't reference, right? There's a, there's a reference problem there. No, we it must... does. It's, it's, oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah you're right. I yeah, corporations have placed okay, short-term interest ahead, yeah, yeah. and then said, and then next sentence, in doing so, we must confront a dangerous new reality where much of America's soft power is actively siding with an increasingly hostile global actor at the same time America's military has been mismanaged into overextending itself in the sands of the Middle East. Remember how they said no more military, no more war, and all that kind of stuff that happened back there? Remember? Because they're going to finish this off by saying, we need to be ready to fuck up China. <laughs> it's like the last country on earth we should be trying to fuck up. It's like the one, the one right. country that could probably challenge American military supremacy. And it closes with this paragraph. I've, again, I've read the entirety of this section. This is the last paragraph of it. We must also check against any globalist institutions that increasingly laud the authoritarian nature of the CCP as a model for future governance and not a terrifying rejection of civilized society. Furthermore, we understand that the rise of China means that United States must be prepared militarily and economically to compete with a peer competitor. It's a return Two cold warriors, yep, my friend. First they said, get our military out of everywhere. They closed by saying, bring back the Cold War, baby. Well, there was no fighting in the Cold War, to be fair, so that's fine. Uh, I mean, if you leave out uh, Vietnam and Korea. I mean, and, pro oh, proxy wars, Kevin. Right. I mean, why, well, you know. All the wars we fought because of the Cold War. Yeah. But that <laughs> that's it. That's the fucking document. And Benedict... I'll compare that to the coverage this got in, and especially social media, right? On social mm -hmm. media, all you saw was Anglo-Saxon. That's all anybody talked about with regards to this document. But I think, I think we've seen there is so much more inside of this that is worth talking about. Yeah, it's not great. No, it's, it's terrifying, really. Because, I mean... I don't know how far I want to go into saying that, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the new future of the Republican Party, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is the new future of the Republican Party. So <laughs> certainly, certainly could be uh, certainly <laughs> like, not wrong. 
I mean, it's nothing not the a in future. there. It's it's a future. It's you know when people look into the future and they see multiple options. That's one of them. Right, right. But like nothing in there was different than something we've heard Trump say at one point or another over the past several years. Right. It was in some he you know changed his mind whenever the fuck he wanted. He didn't have any real positions other than you know right wing trolling. But all that shit basically at some point or another was covered by Trump. And they're just yeah. parroting that yeah, and enhancing yeah. it very, very poorly. Mm-hmm. Because the logical end of everything Donald Trump said was right-wing, white supremacist dog whistling. Like, you just keep going further down that path, next thing you know, white hoods and armbands is the next thing we're coming to. <laughs> yeah, and we don't want that. Nobody wants that. Well, better I hope we've learned a little bit today. Have you? Have you learned anything? Feel better? How much I hate this shit. <laughs> I knew that already, but it just reinforces it. Well, I think we got uh, a good look at what the next president of the United States will be saying. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so I'm going to cry. With all that it's such done, a long day. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Become a patron for as little as $2 an episode. Uh, that's $4 a month because we don't charge you for the interstitial episodes. And I won't charge you all for this episode because Benedict fucked up is his fault. Uh, but <laughs> besides the point, we need to give a huge thank you, shout out to all of our wonderful and amazing patrons, including... Dexter, Allison, Corey Bidding, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Danielle, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Andrew Jenko. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, Rot in Prison Show. Goodbye. That's not a... podcast is a production of kevin and benedict productions copyright 2020 all rights reserved music for this podcast is by silverman sound studios find out more at silvermansound.com